it's so good to be with you all. I think the last time I was with you was 2019. Oh my word. And we, we walked through Titus together. And then right after that was COVID. So it was like the challenge of figuring out how do you do life together when literally your, the world is going through affliction. <clears throat> so that was the last time I was with you. It feels like yesterday, but that it was such a sweet time to be with you all. And I literally thought, Oh, cool. Like that was a one off. It won't happen again. And then I was super excited because knowing Francis, I knew she was going to give like a bomb talk. Um, so I hope someday we all get to hear that talk, but it is such a joy to be with you. I can't fully express like all the ways that we are so grateful for your churches and the love and support of different members and, and especially of your pastors in particular to, to my husband. Um, so it's so good to be with you all again. Can I open, open us up in just a quick word of prayer? Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we, oh, I'm just overwhelmed by the songs that we just sang. Father, you are our greatest treasure and what we look forward to most um, is being in your everlasting presence. Um, and we have, as your people, as your daughters, Lord, known um, the essence of goodness um, because you are not only good, you are all good. And so we thank you, God, that we know that goodness in this life, um, which is so unmerited to us. We don't deserve it, and yet you have lavished goodness and mercy upon us. And so we thank you that we get to be part of your flock. And I pray for these women, Lord, that as we, uh, myself included, as we sit at the feet of your word, as we choose the good portion, that, God, you would um, encourage us, that you would remind us um, we don't need to be afraid. Um, we don't need to be control freaks. We don't need to be fearful or, or anxious um, because the good shepherd watches over us and leads us. And so I pray that that truth would settle on our hearts. Um, and even after we leave this room, that it would follow us all the days of our life. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to start. It's a multimedia experience. We're going to start with a video. So I don't know, maybe you'll think this is cheesy, but I have like, you know, a couple videos that I want to show you. So we're going to start with this one. We've forgotten somehow we've lost in the forest at least five years. I think he was a bit shell-shocked when he arrived. He couldn't really see because the wall had thrown over his eyes. It must have been so incredibly painful. The local chap saw this mammoth moving amongst the trees and had to look twice. And it turned out to be the sheep, so he texted us to see if we could take the sheep on, which we readily said yes. I can't imagine how he survived, but he did. Okay. Another ship was with him, letting him know everything's okay. This is a good place to be, old mate. He had over 35 kilos worth of wood on him. That's how long the poor fellow had been out there. He had to 
had to get the placement, but we knew that was a huge risk to his health and safety, but leaving it on was a greater risk. really an hour to get up because we had to go into hand scissors and so it was matted and he had bits of sticks and twigs all sorts of things in his wall. I really believe he knew we were helping him. He stood there and let us do it which was just amazing because he was obviously scared but he also felt confident in the things that we were doing for him. When we got the police off him, we finally relieved him of his burden. As he walked down the alleyway, he started to get stronger in his legs. Chloe and Molly, they were on the other side so they could see each other through the stores. Yeah. That's the best side. Mm. We just stand there and curiously looks at her. He is so intelligent. He's got a pretty, a pretty good life now. He's certainly got more confidence. Brad has a goal every single day to the wonderful beings that he is. We are just so grateful that Barack came into our world. Okay. So <clears throat> I showed that video because the first time I saw it, my sister showed it to me and it just, you're, when you see this like little sheep and he's got almost 80 pounds of fleece on him and it's like covering his eyes. He can't even see. Um, he, he looks like a huge boulder, right? He does not look like a sheep. Um, and he's, he's like virtually unrecognizable. And I show the video because it's such a great visual picture of a shepherdless sheep when no one is there to lead or guide a sheep. This, that is the image that should come to our minds, right? I mean, it's definitely not the picture of, of health or safety or provision. You could tell just by watching that video that without a shepherd, that sheep was directionless. He was alone. He was unprotected. He was malnourished. So starving. And he was very vulnerable. And without Jesus, we are the same, aren't we? Without Jesus, we are like that sheep that we see in the video. And maybe today you are feeling, I don't know what you're feeling. Maybe everything's okay and everything's good. Maybe you're wrestling with anxiety about something or you're facing a lot of unknowns. Um, and, you know, all of us have been through a lot in the last two years collectively. And I think the question that I kept getting from, from different women throughout these last few years is, where is God in all of this? Where is he? And often that question will come up when we are faced with difficulties or unsteady, unsteady paths that we didn't expect to be on, right? Where is God in all of this? But 
Sisters, this morning we're going to look at Psalm 23. It's a psalm that I know a lot of us love and a lot of us probably know really well, but it's a psalm that is treasured and timeless because it talks about life with God and it teaches us what life with Him as the Good Shepherd is like. And it's something we can never, it's not something we graduate from. We can never graduate from exploring and meditating on what it means to live life with God, who is our ever-present shepherd, right? So half of this talk, this first session, is going to be on just a little exposition of Psalm 23. And then the second half is going to be more practical. We're going to talk about meditating on the Word of God. So I think meditating is sort of a lost spiritual discipline. And we're going to use what we learn in Psalm 23 to do that work of meditating on God's word with God. But throughout the Bible, you see this theme of God as the shepherd. And the his people are the sheep under his care, right? And it makes sense when you see a video like that. Sheep constantly need care. They need someone to shear the fleece. They need someone to lead them to food. They need someone to protect them because they wander away. So God's people, in the same way, need constant reminders. And I think there's three big things that we constantly need to be reminded when we look at Psalm 23. We need to be reminded that the journey of life, this journey of life, is both good and hard. Journey of life is both good and hard. Second, we need to remember it's God who leads us. It is God who leads us. And lastly, we are the ones who follow. We're the ones who follow. And I think if you're like me, you can forget these things, right? You start to feel like I'm the one who, I'm the one who leads God. You do what I say. And hey, life should be like all good, everything I want when I want it. And I think we drift into believing um, these subtle little lies, like it's drifting because it's not like you get there overnight. It's like, it's like, you know, the compounding of days where we get to a place where we might believe something like, Hey, God, I, I love you and I've served you. And so why aren't you making my, my circumstances like this? Why aren't you giving me this thing that I want? And it could be good things that we want, but, but, It's prosperity gospel light because we end up going to God for the things he gives us as opposed to going to God for him. So the example, like even last night as I was preparing, my son came in, Jude, the one that Karen thinks is the cutest, and he came in and he was like, mom, I love you. He kept hugging me and just the way he was smiling at me and kept saying he loved me. I was like, something's up. And then as he walked out, I said, are you, I can't remember what I said. I think I said something like, um, you can ask dad for dessert. Like I just knew it was like, it was, dinner was done. He wanted dessert and he was like, oh yeah, okay. And that was like the whole reason why he came to me was to like figure out if he could get dessert, but he was like buttering up to me and I'm not mad about it. Like I love when he comes to me, but that's that if that's all he ever does is come to me just to get stuff he misses out on the joy of coming to me just to be with me so in the same way that loss of perspective when we forget that the journey of life is both hard and good 
and that God is the one leading and that we're the one following, it can lead to chaos because we start to value our circumstances, the things that we have or own or want, and even our reputation. We value those things more than the very presence of a good God in our lives, right? So we can start to value those things more. So what is it that you enjoy most in this life? I wonder, like sitting here, what is it like that you just, you, you, you delight in it, you enjoy it the most? I think the answer based on Psalm 23 should be the very presence of God himself. And that's what the gospel is all about. It's about bringing sinners back to God so that we might treasure and love him for who he is, right? God is the gospel. That's the good news. There are so many benefits to salvation, but what the greatest treasure we get at the end of the day through having faith in Jesus Christ is God himself. He's our greatest treasure. And so we see this beautiful theme runs throughout the Bible, this theme of God as the good shepherd. And it sort of comes to its climactic place in John 10 when Jesus gives a big reveal and he says, I am the good shepherd. And he's telling these people, the one you have been waiting for all the way from Genesis until today, I am he. I am the good shepherd. Jesus was the fulfillment of God's promise. So God made a promise in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 23, 3 to 6, where he promises that he will shepherd his people. And Jesus is that fulfillment of God's promise to shepherd his people. Why? Because Jesus is God. So understanding the theme of the Good Shepherd and how it runs throughout the scriptures keeps us from reading Psalms and the Bible individualistically, as if it's really all about us at the end of the day. We keep it in the perspective of its biblical redemptive history. And really, it is part of a bigger story. It's part of a bigger narrative that centers around the protagonist, who is not us, Though it affects us and it deals with us, the hero of the story, of this big story of the Bible, is God, the Good Shepherd. So a little bit of context. David wrote Psalm 23, and he knew the scriptures. He was he was a man after God's own heart. And he understood what it meant to be a shepherd because he was one. And so David, as a shepherd himself, was probably remembering in all those hours of shepherding his sheep, recalling the ways that God had faithfully led his people, his people throughout all the years, right? He was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He led the Israelites out of bondage to slavery and escaping from death. He was the one who led them in front of them as a pillar of cloud by day and as a pillar of fire by night. He was the God who tabernacled or dwelled among his people, with his people, And David knew himself how God protected him from his enemies. That's why David could write such a beautiful psalm about God being the good shepherd. So we're going to do a little group activity right now. And I'll just have you guys just decide. You break up into either partners or small groups. And real quickly, um, I'm going to read Psalm 23 for us. And then in your groups... 
read it together. But usually when I read Psalm 23, I realize like for all these years, I always read it focused on the sheep. But this time in your groups, let's focus on the shepherd. And I want you specifically to look, as you read the text, to look for the location of the shepherd throughout the psalm. So where? Look for those words. Highlight those words that describe where he's located in proximity to the sheep. So let me read Psalm 23. This is God's word. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, so I'll just have you guys break up really quick, five minutes, maybe even less, uh, and then we'll come back and share our answers. So go ahead, partner up, break up into groups, and look for the location of the shepherd throughout the psalm. All right, we're running out of time, so I'll have you stop there. All right, just looking at verses 1 to 3, where is the shepherd located? Everywhere? Okay, no, let's, he's with the sheep, verses, is it 1 to 3? Yes, 1 to 3. But specifically, where is he located in proximity to the sheep? In front. He's in front. How do we know this? He leads, so he's leading. All right, verses 4 to 5a. Where is the shepherd in proximity to the sheep? So he starts in the front. Sorry, can you say it louder? With. He's with the sheep. He's beside them. He's in the midst of them. All right? This one's harder. It's a little trickier, but at the end of it, verses 5 and 6, where is he? It's not as clear. So with was in the middle, but there's one particular word that I'm thinking of, and that's follows. So surely goodness and mercy follow the sheep. So he's ensuring them from behind that they make sure they get to where they're going. So it's just a fun exercise because I think we usually read that psalm and we think about all the, the benefits that the sheep get. But I know I don't often think about where the shepherd is located throughout the psalm. And so it, the psalm opens with this statement, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And then David lists out all these things that God, the good shepherd, does which satisfy him, which take care of him, and leaves him satisfied. He's not wanting for anything. And it's the Lord who makes him lay down in green pastures, who leads him beside still waters, who restores his soul, and then leads him in paths of righteousness. So there we noticed 
that the word leads is used twice there. And since they didn't have highlighters back then, the way that they would highlight something for you, draw your attention to it in the text, was to repeat it. So leads is repeated twice. We start the psalm, we start the journey with the good shepherd leading out in front of his people. He is before his people. And this is all for his name's sake. Who has the authority here? Who's out front? It is the good shepherd. The good shepherd has the authority, and he's the one leading these sheep. So his care of his sheep are for his name's sake. His quality of care, the level of care that he gives to these sheep, speaks to the the very character of the shepherd, what kind of shepherd that he is, right? Moving on, when we look at verses 4 to 5, so 4 to the beginning of 5, Where was the shepherd located? You guys said he is beside or he's with, right? He's with the sheep in their midst. And we know this because even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. You are with me, God. So now in this psalm, the sheep is in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death, which some translations translate it as the valley of deep darkness. Not a fun place right? It's not a carnival. It's not Disneyland. They're in now. They've journeyed into the valley of deep darkness. And then in verse 5, this table has been spread before him in where? With his buddies? In the presence of his enemies. So these are some really dark times, and it's and it's dark territory. But what does David say? He says, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. And why is this? It's because the shepherd is with him and in his midst. And he's carrying a big old stick, right? He's got a rod and a staff, and they comfort him, he says. So he pulls that rod and staff were meant to like pull the sheep when they started to wander. So it's corrective. But also that rod and staff were meant to protect the sheep because it would, it was the, what the shepherd would use to fight off the enemies of the sheep, like wolves or whatever, people trying to steal them. And where we live, we have a lot of coyotes. I don't know if you have a lot of coyotes, but we have a lot of coyotes. And one time I woke up because there was a coyote dog fight at the front of my door. And it was like four coyotes ganging up on someone's dog. Like the dog had wandered into our yard and the coyotes were like fighting it. And the next morning we went out and there was like blood everywhere. It was so sad. And we were like trying to scare off the coyotes. But as aggressive as they were with that dog, when my husband goes to walk our our little tiny dog at night, he's seen coyotes and they don't mess with the dog because they're afraid of the one who's taking care of the dog. They're afraid of Jason. So in the same way, we see that not only do the Lord's sheep have tremendous provision and abundance in verses 1 to 3, but we see now that the psalm tells us difficult times, they do come. The sheep will journey to hard places, but God is with us. He is with the sheep, protecting them, comforting them with his very presence. I love that. It's his presence that comforts them not a cell phone, not your favorite food, but it's the very presence of the good shepherd that actually comforts the sheep. 
I love this quote. God is always present in our trouble, not was or will be, but he is. He is present in our troubles. And even when we aren't in trouble, God is with us still. So sisters, we want to see life not only as a bunch of um, either ors, like either he's good or he's not, or either my life is great or it's not, but both ands. There's goodness, there's difficulty, but the good shepherd is with us. And if the sheep are only focused on the darkness of the valley, right, or if they're only focused on the presence of the enemies, then the sheep will despair and be afraid. But it's when they focus their eyes on the shepherd, when they look up and see him there, that the the longest lasting form of comfort, true comfort, comes upon them. And we don't want to run to other things for comfort, right? We know that that comfort is so short and temporary and it doesn't last. And this is something that I struggle with. Like when I know that I should go to bed, I have, what is it? Revenge bedtime procrastination. We're like, yes, like no children, no nothing. I get to do whatever I want. And, and it's that sense of like, yeah, it's been a long day. I want to unwind. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I notice how often I want to go to anything except God. Like I go to other things to find rest as opposed to him. And what David is communicating here was that the greatest comfort for all God's people should be God himself. And when we forget that, that's when we're prone to wander, right? Like the sheep, we're prone to wander when we forget that, that he's our greatest comfort. So sisters, let me just encourage you in the little moments and the big moments, when you have a moment of inconvenience or when you have a huge moment of suffering, when you're feeling really comfortable and life's pretty easy, or even when you're feeling really uncomfortable and you're having to do hard things, let all these moments drive you to enjoy the good shepherd and his presence beside you. So whether you're in a time of like prosperity or if you're in a hard time, let his, pri- let his presence be what ultimately gives you rest. One pastor said, keep your eyes on the good shepherd and you will make it out of the valley. So keep your eyes on the the good shepherd and you will make it out of the valley. Then we go, we move on. David takes us into the next part of the, the journey. And he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So it's at this table that the Lord anoints his head and has spread out a a feast before him. He's invited David to be an honored guest at his table. And in ancient customs back then, when you were showing hospitality and respect to your dinner guests, you would anoint their head with usually perfumed oil. I saw this custom in the Middle East. They still practice it to this day. I went to a Emirati wedding and I went with a friend I'd never been before. And as we walked in, I saw all these bottles hanging on a wall. And I was like, what is that? And they're like, oh, it's for you. It's perfumed oil for you to, to like basically put on you as you go in. And it, it's really, it's usually like really nice perfumed oil so that 
It's the, the host's way of saying, you are my honored guest, and to honor you, I provide this. So oil was a sign of honor and joy. And this is what God does for him. God saw David as his honored guest. And David understood that he had been invited now and forever to the Lord's table, a place he did not deserve to be, but now was sitting. And he's seated there at the Lord's table. And this is the, he brings up this image of his cup overflowing. Like just imagine going to a dinner party. Your glass is never empty. Your, your host is just constantly refilling your glass. It's this image of abundance and provision. He's not lacking anything again. And this is the, the quality of the good shepherd's care and hospitality. The psalm ends with this triumphant arrival of the sheep at the house of the Lord, verse 6. Right? I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And what a beautiful image. I love that it says God's goodness and mercy follow or come behind David all the days of his life. Not just a few, not just a few days or a few months, but all the days of his life. And he will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's sheep, we don't need to live from a place of scarcity, but we can live from a place of abundance because we're the ones who know that God works all things together for our good and his glory. So this truth, my good friend always says, this truth should transform us. It should change our what-ifs to even-ifs, right? Because we see right there in the psalm, there is this valley of deepest darkness. There is that table with enemies around. And so we need to change our what-ifs to even-if. Because I think we often live in the what-if, right? Like, what if this happens? Oh, no. Like, what if that happens? And we live in that the fear and anxiety of that. But knowing the good shepherd changes the what-ifs to even-ifs. Even if that thing I fear happens, he is still good. He's still with me. I still have him. Instead of living in that dark valley and focusing on those hard things, focus on the good shepherd. He is good. He is your greatest treasure. We went to a funeral recently for friends of my parents, and it was sort of an untimely death. Um, it was very unexpected for the family. And I, but she was a believer. And as we sat there, like just, I felt overwhelmed because I was thinking about this psalm. I've been thinking about it for a long time. And as I sat there, I thought, this is what David's talking about. This is what he's talking about. Making it home all the way. God is the one who promises. Not us. It's not on our own strength. He is the good shepherd who promises that he will help us make it all the way home. So we can rejoice even when saints go home. Because they go home. They go to that place where they get to dwell with the Lord forever. So who are you following today and every day? Who are you looking to for provision, for protection, and for care? I think we'd all say it's God. I hope it is. But sometimes we drift. And so I ask you that question. Who are you following? Who are you going to for these things? And really, we don't deserve to be under the care and protection of such a good shepherd, right? That's at the heart of the gospel is we don't deserve to be part of his flock. 
But because of Jesus, we can be. Because he is the shepherd who he says leaves the 99 to rescue the one. He's the good shepherd who fights off the thieves who want to steal his sheep. He is the perfect lamb who came, the perfect lamb of God, who came so that rebellious and wandering sheep like us could be enfolded into the flock of God. Psalm 23 teaches us that the good shepherd goes before the sheep, he walks beside the sheep, and he follows behind the sheep, making sure that they get all the way home. I think the equivalent of this in in the New Testament is, is this. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? No. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. To close, one of my favorite hymns, we sang it at our wedding, is a a hymn called The King of Love, and it's based on Psalm 23. So I just want to close by reading this hymn to you. The King of Love, my shepherd is, whose goodness fails never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth. And where the verdant pastures grow, with food celestial feedeth. Perverse and foolish often I strayed, but yet in love he sought me. And on his shoulder gently laid, home rejoicing brought me. In death's dark veil, I fear no ill. With thee, dear Lord, beside me, thy rod and staff, my comfort still, thy cross before to guide me. Thou spreads the table in my sight, thy unction grace bestoweth, and oh, what transport of delight from thy pure chalice floweth. And so, through all the length of days, Thy goodness faileth never. Good shepherd, may I sing thy praise within your house forever. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this time in your word. We thank you that David, the once shepherd boy, um, would use not only all the experience that he had, but also your words to um, encourage us in this journey of life, which is both good and hard. But we thank you, God, that you are the good shepherd who leads, and we get to be the sheep of your flock who follow. So I pray, Lord, we would take to heart these wonderful um, pictures of how you go before us, how you are beside us and with us, and how you follow behind us to make sure that we get all the way home. We thank you for your provision, for your protection, for your gentle and loving care, even when the road gets rough. Especially then, we thank you that you are our comfort. 
We love you, Lord, and we pray that that the fullness and the weight of this psalm would rest um, and be emblazoned on our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.